Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Kicking It with Keith. I'm your host, Brian Hayward. Check me out on Twitter, Big Mullet Murphy. And Keith Siegel, who is nowhere to be found today, so uh, we're going to be doing the show without him, um, you know, and just be talking crap about him most of the episode. So join me as we have another great episode here. Um, but first of all, I want to shout out to our sponsors. I want to shout out Full House Signs and Graphics. They came through in a big way and got that wrap on Cole Swibold's 98 Super Late model yesterday for his dad's um, Gary Swibel Memorial, 5,098 to win. Great show. Talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, Chris and Haley had to pull an all-nighter to get some stuff wrapped up for Cole, and they were able to get that wrap on that car. It looked beautiful. Um, I know Cole couldn't have been happier. They Everybody was excited. Lots of pictures. A lot of press down and around the um, old Swibel camp last night so if you made it out to the pure speedway you've probably seen the car but big shout out to chris and haley chris osborne and haley dowds last time off to say that because next week they're getting hitched proud of you two can't wait to be there went shopping for a shirt today i'll be there in full force with some of the hot lap heroes so thank you once again to full house signs and graphics you know i also saw last night a really impressive b main win from brian kidder uh, and Carmen Maggie over there at LogoWare. Check them out online, LogoWareUnlimited.net. Always get you looking fancy, get your branding, get your printing, get your embroidery. They do it all, and it's always stress-free and easy to deal with. Carmen, she does a wonderful job. Uh, looking forward to putting an order in with her for some new Hot Lap Heroes hats. And old Keithy boy wants me to get him some t-shirts going. I know we've talked about that, so... Uh, can't thank them enough for what they do. And I tell you what, Kidder looked pretty good last night. Uh, likes to run that top side at Peoria. Like I said, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Actually, very shortly. So uh, we'll talk about that here shortly. So thanks to them, LogoWearUnlimited.net. Check them out. Go and like their Facebook if you want. Check out what they're doing. They're always putting out some new cool product. So they were at the track last night, shaking it down, getting it nice and dirty, you know, and... Uh, it's good to see old Kidder back out there in that Shaw car, that green number 20. A lot of money on that car, and it's actually money printed, and it looks really neat. So, speaking of wraps, uh, we want to thank uh, Young Blood Graphics. That's Graphics with an X. Austin Simpson, Brayton Wallace helping out, doing some stuff for us as well. We got Keith's car looking really nice. They're all busy right now. They actually stopped taking orders, so congrats to them for being so darn busy that uh, they had to stop taking orders. I know Chris is still taking orders, so... If you can't get it done over there at Young Bloods Graphics, well, I might know a guy, Chris Osborne. So just a little friendly rivalry there. But um, Young Bloods Graphics out there rapping, doing some amazing uh, raps on race cars and commercial stuff as well. Uh, whatever you need, they can usually get to it as well. So check them out, Young Bloods Graphics on Facebook, Graphics with an X. <sighs> Normally this is a time where I'll say, well, Keith, you know what it's time to do. It's time to shake it down. What's happening or what's not happening? Well, a lot of happening this weekend. So we'll get right into that. And that first thing we are going to talk about is the Gary Swibel Memorial Race, 5,098 to win. Our dear friend, Cole's father. Uh, we lost him uh, in January. 
Huge race fan has been a huge part to Cole's racing uh, program, and and you know we're at a loss without him. Very sad, but uh, Peoria Speedway Jeff Hall, everybody wanted to step up to the plate and put this memorial race on. And let me tell you what, in like two days, I think we raised several thousand dollars for this Dash for Cash. Uh, I mean, it started out pretty minuscule, but I think the Dash for Cash winner took almost $700 home last night. And every car that went in that Dash for Cash, another seven cars probably got another 100 bucks a piece. You know, they had a 500 almost $498 fast time. You set fast time, you got 500 bucks. If you had the slowest time, you got 100 bucks. The hard charger got like 600 bucks. I mean, it, it was crazy. Over $1,275 in lap money last night. And oh man, what a what a night! What an event! Great time. Track conditions weren't as favorable, but it was warm and windy, but not as sunny. So man, some great racing action. And let me just let's just jump into some of the results here, and we can kind of talk about things. I'm going to start with uh, you know our crate mods. Um, in first place, the um, this is weird. I don't know, somehow. Let me get on here and look at results because my uh, notes here, for some reason, are a little messed up. So let's just give you top top 10 here for your crate mod feature. Now, getting that win, the number one spot, the 25D of Daniel Braymeyer. Good run for him. Good to see him. He was fast. Finishing second was the 21P of Michael Mental. And in third, with no left side body at all, the... Number 14K of Shane Kelly. And in that fourth spot, the 21 and a half. We all know him, Jake Montgomery. Oh, yeah. And coming home with a top five, the 4B of Buddy Randall running out of there at Glassford. Hey, and a really good night for the 3R of Caleb Siegel. Actually a rookie, so kudos to him. Uh, top seven here, Damon Kiefer. Mike Cusack Jr. in eighth. Todd O'Neill in ninth. And Robbie Bauman Sr. making his way into the top 10. A good race. Um, there was a couple issues. Uh, there was a guy, and, I, and I'm not trying to, to to dog on this guy, but the number 22, Pondreo Anderson. Uh, I don't know if he wasn't having uh, receiver issues or his vision was blocked, but there was a couple times on the track that uh, – you know, somebody had spun, and it was it was a lengthy time after the caution came out, and he came in and plowed this this guy in the door, and um, Randy Billingsby Jr. and you feel you feel horrible for them. Uh, not that you know he was by any means you know doing it on purpose, but to some people it might look like it was on purpose. But from what I'd heard, this really was his first time in a race car, so uh, you know, tough deal. It always sucks when you get tore up, and then it always sucks when you you do some tearing up to somebody else's stuff. So I'm not trying to bag on the guy, you know that stuff happens. But man, it, <laughs> I had seen the caution, and, and it felt like it'd been cautioned for an, uh, forever, and then this car just comes rolling through the corner. And I looked at the video, and I, th I think uh, the car in front of him kind of darted out of the way, and then he gassed it up to probably go around, and didn't realize where the car was at, and made some pretty significant contact. But um, yeah, tough deal for him. Hopefully, he can. Um, just gain a little bit of uh, information and knowledge going out next, moving forward next time. So, oh, look at this DNS too, Keith Siegel. <sighs> that's, maybe that's why he's not here today, but uh, we can get into that just a little bit later. But let me get back into this here. Let's roll along with these um, super mods now. 
Super Mods, David Weedholder at 05. Uh, whew, man, him and Trevor Neville and that 777, the wild child battling it out. Trevor threw it in on the last lap. And they weren't either given an inch. They were both rubbing on each other. Clean racing. I mean, I tell you what, Weedholder was holding his ground, and so was Neville, and they both almost gave the race to Mark Anderson, who finished third. Oh, Marky Mark. Mark Anderson just sitting there, well, if these two are going to wreck each other, I might get me a quick $1,000. And uh, he didn't, but he was able to keep that third position. And in that fourth position, whose man's been on fire, 25W, Alan Weiser. He has just been picking him up, putting him down as far as laps and checks and trophies. So top five for our buddy Stephen Brooks. <laughs> Good to see him all the way down from Bourbonnet, Illinois, coming uh, to Peoria to do some racing. Uh, sixth place, the madman, Mikey Ledford out of Pontiac, Illinois. Seventh place, Derek Dare, 26D there out of Bartonville. Alan Stipp, the minnow, showing up um, in eighth. And hard charger here, Chris Moorfield, the 1-0 out of Edwards, the other hot lap hero's house car here. Um, solid ninth place. He uh, definitely started in the back. He uh, he had some severe issues. He was he was uh, winning the B main and his oil plug fell out. But thankfully, in his race car, he's got an EVAP system that that kind of held the oil in, um, so he didn't hurt the motor. But he also fought power steering issues as well, blew a line off that. So he just battled all night after just getting his motor put back together, and uh, he came back and uh, ninth, pretty respectable, fast car. You know, having to work through the B main. But he did work through the B main, and he was able to secure a spot to the race and went 19th to 9th. So, um, or excuse me, I think 17th to 9th. So good run for him. Uh, and then in 10th place, we got Nick, Nick Seplick in that 11S. So good run for all those in the top 10. Now here's where some stuff went popped off. Now, I t before I go through the late models here, let me just preface the night by saying it. everybody knew it was going to be stiff competition showed up. Over 30 cars showed up for this show, 5098 to win, and all that other money I talked about just a few minutes ago. So highly anticipated, going to be some heavy hitters in there, like Jason Fager, Rich Bell, Jake Little, Kevin Weaver, Rusty Schlank, Mike Spatola, Todd Bennett. Who the hell's Justin Reed? I haven't heard of him much, but if you were there last night, you definitely heard of Justin Reed in that orange one st car uh man that thing was whoo that was a rocket ship last night for him and so congratulations to him he actually led every lap of the feature start to finish took 1275 dollars home alone in lap money on top of the 5098 dollars and he won the dash for cash so he made off like a bandit last night, let me tell you. So congratulations to Justin Reed and the first from Camp Point, Illinois. Tell you what, Kurt sent a video to the group yesterday on our way, and I was on my way to the track, and he said, you know, it's people like these that make me love this sport of racing so much, and I'm not even kidding you. There was like a U-Haul van pulling an open trailer and it was actually Justin Reed's car on that open trailer that was being hauled to the raceway that Kurt had saw. And just stuck in my mind all night, I seen that 1ST pull onto the track. I'm like, that's the car that Kurt had showed us. And boy, he was fast. I mean, there wasn't too many people that had uh, much going for him all night long. 
So, I mean, I mean, Bob Gardner, Bob Gardner had it going, had a chance to really overtake Justin, messed up a little bit off of two. He had the momentum, and the wall kind of humps out in the back stretch. And uh, Bob caught that about full speed, and it sent him off into turn three, you know, with a broken right front. And now this is where things get a little arresting. Um, Bob's getting out of his car. Now, I'm, I, I was on a one and two exit doing some filming, some taking some photos, just doing my normal stuff I do at the racetrack. And uh, I seen Bob come out of that car. And it looked like he was talking to somebody over there, uh, you know, on the fence on the backside. And, uh, well, it turned out to be he wasn't doing much talking, but he was he was doing some action with some hands. And uh, apparently he punched somebody through that fence, and I no longer than I seen that Bob reach through the fence from the racetrack. Somebody come hopping over one of the banners, jumped down on the track, jumped on his car, and I tell you, I got watched him get escorted off the track, and uh, wow, well that was uh, if you saw that, that's pretty crazy. Um, and that person that jumped over the fence, uh, wow, Herrick Bruce, uh, and you got some balls of steel, man. I don't even think the dude client he jumped over the fence, and that fence is probably seven or eight feet tall. So, man, he uh, he had some words for Bob, and Bob was uh pretty upset at him now i don't know what was going on down there that caused it i maybe they were you know talking or or stirring some kind of shit pot i guess i don't know flipping them off making fun i don't know but something clearly upset bob and bob went to defend himself and uh well i guess he tried to to start something because something got started and uh he had to have uh, both of them had to be escorted off the racetrack uh security and the track officials were able to to get them off the track uh, i tell you what but you know that's a result of hard racing and i think what happened is that uh bruce the owner of one of the cars that was racing was a little upset with the way bob was running in the dash for cash and listen it's a it's a race for money so we're not here to to say i i wouldn't rub your quarter panel or move you out of the way to to win five six hundred bucks you know it's it's money but uh, maybe a little bit more respect needs to be shown on the track between some of the drivers. And um, apparently, uh, Bruce thought that uh, Bob Gardner wasn't showing enough to his driver. So, you know what? That short track racing, that shit happens. Let's not dwell on it. But it was a sight to see, you know. Uh, so, <laughs> But a tough night for Bob. He went out and set fast time and then pretty much had second place in the bag and and had a chance to maybe overtake Justin Reed if there was a mistake but after that fell to the wayside and things got back to racing and old Todd Bennett 13-time track champion knocked off that second place finish nothing like I said nobody really had much for Justin Reed he was just able to figure the track out after it took rubber about halfway into the race so Todd Bennett second Rusty Schlink came in third good for him uh, coming all the way from McClure, Ohio. And in fourth, Opie, Mike Spatola. And a nice rebound for top five for Ryan Unzicker out of El Paso, Illinois. And congratulations to Jason Fager. He finished sixth place, so got him a top ten. Right behind him was the 21B of Rich Bell, another quick car. He had a little damage, a little little dust up at the beginning of the race, got a couple guys sideways and tore up. And In that eighth place was Jake Timms out of 
Winona, Minnesota, made a long trip. I think he got longest haul. And then you had ninth place, Jake Little, the 38J out of Springfield, Illinois. He's fast here at Peoria. And then rounding out the top 10, hey, the Flatland Flash, Kevin Weaver out of Gibson City, Illinois. And let me tell you that uh, Justin Reed out of Camp Point, Illinois, that guy just had what he needed to have. Man, he uh, made it look easy. He really did. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to everybody. If you were there for the race, they had a four-wide salute. We lit off some boom pals and fireworks because Gary loved fireworks and drinking beer and racing. And and I think we can all agree that some fireworks at a racetrack is always good to see. And we saw plenty of that last night, too. So, hey, I want to throw out another congrats to Alan Weiser. I had done some show notes, and I was trying to get this stuff done on Friday, and Keith wanted to do it on Saturday, and now Keith not wanting to do it today, and which is fine. But Al Weiser picked up, I think that's his fourth win uh, there at Farmer City Raceway on Friday. So congrats to him. Uh, I've got a couple results from Friday night. Actually, just uh, one result from the Atomic Speedway uh, Friday night. I, I didn't get Saturday, so I do apologize. Uh, your top, top five in that, we'll just glance at that real quick. Tyler Herb. Brandon Shepard, Josh Rice, Tanner English, and Dennis Herb Jr. Some Illinois boys up in there causing some ruckus. 40 laps there. I $10,000 check or something like that for Turbo. Good for him. So, you know, uh, well, let's cover who's in the shit box. I, I think we got a couple people in the shit box today, honestly. And, and I made one of them up as kind of a joke because I, I feel like he was kind of being a little crybaby yesterday. Wasn't getting his way. And, uh, you know, just didn't really want to, you know, come race and burn up four tires. And that, my friends, is Keith Siegel. That's right, Keithy boy. You're in my shitbox this week. Now, that you're just one of you. There might be a couple more. Just listen. So, Keith called me and said, I don't know if I'm going to go racing. Uh, you know, they want to run us last and run the big, uh, the big tired cars first. And they're going to rubber the racetrack up and I'm going to burn four tires. Hey, listen, I get it. I get it. We all want to race. We all want things to work our way. And sometimes it's not going to work your way. That's just racing. Sometimes you're going to suck major you-know-what, and sometimes you're going to kick major you-know-what. So Keith didn't have a good day, you know, start his day. I know I talked to him. His, his nice lift at home kind of broke with the car on it, so they're trying to – you know, get it down and you can't get tires. And then it's just, you know, I get it. There's a lot of stuff going on that creates these, uh, you know, the issues and what he was having. But I knew he was going to show up because I knew he wasn't going to miss the first annual Gary Swibel Memorial Race to support our buddy Cole Swibel and, and, you know, one of our heroes. So Keithy shows up to the track, you know, gets there real early like he normally does. And uh, I got there. We talked a little bit and he was excited to, Go out there and give her hell. And uh, hell it gave Keith today or yesterday. So, you know, tough break. Uh, went out qualifying. Was pretty quick, actually. Uh, third quickest qualifier in the B-Mod class. And uh, that put him starting somehow second. And uh, I believe Josh McKenrick was uh, apparently ran light in qualifying. Now that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with running light as long as you get your weight right. Uh, before the racing but uh, there was an issue and I believe that uh, they put McKendrick to the tail for not making weight and qualifying so by virtue of that 
Keith started on the pole of his heat and uh, immediately got past, and uh, something was not going right. And Keith ran several laps, and, and uh, I think about four cars passed him, and uh, he just pulled off. And, uh, and in typical Keith fashion, before I could even get back to the pits to, to turn the, the V-log and stuff on for the YouTube, he is revving that car up like a pissed-off teenager on a hot summer day, laying down, uh, burnouts on a hot streak of asphalt. Now, now I, and maybe some of you don't know, Keith gets a little hot under, uh, you know, the helmet. And a lot of drivers do that. I'm not, I'm not trying to poke fun at you here, Keith, but you're not here, so you can't defend yourself. So I'm just trying to, trying to lay it in on you. Give you some shit. Uh, maybe you can come back next week and tell me. But, uh, you know, you're a little upset, and I get it. Things ain't working right. He said he hit a bump, and he was shooting blue flames three foot out of his car, which uh, normally isn't good. Um, so I don't know what he was upset about, but I do know his crew guy tried to calm him down, and that wasn't working. <laughs> Keithy. Well, I like to say Keith was mad. You know, Keith mad. Keith real mad. Hey. Part of racing, I see it all the time. But um, yeah, I, I thought he was trying to send his motor to the moon. Um, if you checked on his tack recall, it probably said something like nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine RPMs. But uh, yeah, Keith a little upset, you know. So I heard some toolboxes being tossed about, and you know, some uh, there were some uh, cringe moments where I was like, man, I, I should probably be recording this for content, but the same time you never know what's going to happen so i kind of just had to let things unfold naturally and not try to be up in keith's face or or in adam's way i just you know after he calmed down he tried to figure some stuff out and 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 really uh, realized uh, you know after an hour or so of tinkering with the car that just something wasn't right he had you know some type of issue that wasn't going to be fixed at the track so they gave him the you know, let them know they weren't going to make the race. And, uh, you know, Keith had some cold ones and got to watch some racing and see all the excitement. But uh, there were a lot of raised eyebrows when he came back into the pits last night and uh, had a little meltdown, if you will. So, Keithy, if you're in there listening, you knock that shit off. We'll get you out of that shit box, all right? You'll be all right. Everything's going to be okay. It's uh, racing. I know you didn't win. I know you wanted that 30 rack because each feature winner got a – 30 rack of bush heavies in honor of gary and keith had already spent those 30 beers in his mind he was going to drink them and see that's probably why he was so dang po'd when the car started acting weird so you know but all is fun and racing uh so there's no love loss with anybody you know <laughs> but we're just giving keith a hard time i couldn't think of a better person to put in the shit box since he's not here to defend himself so hey keith air fingers you probably don't see them but i'm throwing them at you right now <laughs> so no but let's be on on the real side you want to know who's really in the shit box hunter rich you are the actual shithead in the shit box so i'm going to read you this straight from um it's been shared multiple times uh hunter rich drives a little um dwarf car and apparently last night uh, at Wartburg Speedway. He has now got a lifetime ban from Wartburg Speedway, Taswell Speedway, and 411 or 411 uh, Speedway. So three tracks placing lifetime bans on this kid because he attacked an official. Now, I don't care if you're an official, a track worker, 
a medical assistant. When something happens to a race car driver, like I just explained with Keith, they are going to be so pissed. They're going to be upset, and sometimes they're going to be unconsolable. The best thing you can do as a worker or a track official is shut your mouth. Just be quiet. Don't try to enrage this person. Don't try to egg them on. Don't say something that you know is going to piss them off because a lot of these volunteers and track workers are fans alone. And they have their favorites at the racetrack. They have people they know cause trouble. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm not giving Hunter Rich any leeway here. That kid was a complete shithead and deserves to be in the shitbox for the whole season. I could, I could probably leave him in there because he's probably going to be doing absolutely no racing once all these tracks just say, oh, you're you're abusing our officials. Well, have fun racing in your backyard. <laughs> I know if Keith was here, he'd be talking some mad shit about this Hunter Rich kid. Now, I don't know exactly what had happened, but one of the track workers... I see in a video uh, that uh, Paul Davis shared on Everything Dirt Racing, check that out, of him just wailing on this big guy in an orange shirt. Now, I don't know if the orange guy was saying something to him that made him mad, or I don't know, but it wasn't good, and uh, it looked like quite a, a, a brawl down there. So, Hunter Rich, you do not need to be racing. If you can't control your tempers and you want to go out there on a track and try to hurt an official... But you're stupid, and that, and I'm I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. You're a dumbass for being like that. The sport, I always vouch for the sport needing to see some fights. Fight a goddamn race car driver. Don't go out and fight a track official. That is the stupidest, most asinine thing anybody could do. Don't be Hunter Rich, okay? Don't be like Hunter Rich. And you know what? If his fans hear this, I'm sorry, but you have to agree with what happened was very classless and unsportsmanlike of a fellow racer than actually of a track that allows you to come in and race on their property. You you should feel very privileged to have that opportunity. And if you go and do some dumb shit like what Hunter Rich did, well then, my friends, that's on you. You knew what was going to happen if you did it. And let that be an example for you because these tracks are the first of many, I believe, where you can race these dwarf cars that I guarantee Hunter Rich's career in racing may be over for what he did for being such a dumbass hothead. Now, and listen, if you're mad at me about calling him a dumbass hothead, that was a dumbass hothead move. You don't punch a track official. I don't care what the track official said. It's your job as a racer to keep your cool especially in the light of technology with phones and everything out there, everything streamed on TV or some app, you know somebody's going to see it. So just remember, don't be an idiot. Don't be a Hunter Rich. Let Hunter Rich be the reason why tracks now know what to watch for. If somebody has an attitude problem or likes to get temperamental, and like I said, maybe... Keith was throwing some wrenches around and screaming at his crew guy and threatening, you know, this and that or whatever. But he was doing it to his own stuff. He wasn't abusing people. He wasn't punching it. You know, he wasn't fighting. He was just fighting himself because he was so angry. That's a more respectable way to, you know, lose your cool, if you will. But uh, Hunter Rich, no, 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 my friend. No, no, no. And I, I, you know what? I, I hope you have a long time to sit down and think about what you did and then wonder why the hell you did it in the first place. And then hopefully it it doesn't ruin your racing career, but it might. It very well might, bud. I, I don't know what you're going to do. 
uh, you might have to start traveling to go racing. And that's unfortunate that you have to do that, especially in the times that we live with. High fuel prices, uh, hard to, to get tires and all that good stuff. Like, I just, wow, man. Wow, you made Keith look, I, I thought for sure Keith was going to be a good shitbox. Oh, no, no. Thank you, Interwebs. I found him one better than him today. So, Keith, you are, you two are both in the penalty box now. When you guys both get out of the penalty box, drop the gloves and duke it out. <laughs> we'll move on from that. Let's talk about some IMCA news. All right. I just, and it's not much, and I, and this is a short podcast without Keith, I don't, I don't really have, uh, you know, all this great content to talk about because Keith usually makes uh, educated, you know, um, comments about things that I, I technically don't really know about. So, um, IMCA points, national points here for the mods. In first place, Chaz Baca still whooping ass. 835 points, got almost a 200-point lead over William Miller in second. Zachary Madrid in third, William Gold in fourth, and Ethan Dotson now moving to the top five in national points here. So the changing of the guards here, starting to see some movement, but Chaz Baca still remains on top for your IMCA national modified points. So, I mean, that's that's really all I got. I didn't really get time to really razz on Keith as much as I wanted to. and uh, You know, but... It was a great night of racing last night. I tell you, it felt good to get back out there uh, in the stands and out in the crowd, talking to people, you know, kicking tires, just having a good time last night. You know, I, I had a, a couple of drinks, nothing nothing unmanageable. I think I had four beers. And, uh, you know, after I got home at 2 this morning, I laid down and I was so exhausted, so tired. Um, it looked like a dirt chalk outline on my bed this morning when I woke up. My hair was just knotted up like a, a dang boat rope. I mean, it was, uh, it was a good time. A lot of people came out, like I said. Man, I love the racing season. I can't wait to get back in a more consistent basis. But I'll tell you, things are about to change a lot in my world. And... Um, you know, so I, I try to enjoy the racing as much as I can now because uh, here come next year, I may not have as much free time. So, uh, you know, that's part of being an adult growing up, right? So, but I love doing this and I love keeping you all in the, in the know and thank you all for tuning in. Next week's show is, uh, you know, pending uh, the return of Keith Siegel. If, uh, if he can get out of the shit box in time, get his shit together and get his stuff fixed. We might have a happier Keith to uh, talk to because we were supposed to do this show right after the races last night, which was a great idea because we could have had some live guests and all this and that. But um, when uh, somebody throws a toolbox into your plans, it, uh, you know, kind of messes things up in the uh, natural order of things we like to do it here. So, you know, it's a real short podcast and I try to be the fastest podcast on the Hot Lap Heroes um variety here so we're gonna end it right here so until next time i'm brian hayward keep it on the high side and banging the cush this is hot lap heroes and we're out